He called me by name and said unto me that he was a messenger sent from the presence of God to me, and that his name was Moroni, that God had a work for me to do, and that my name should be had for good and evil among all nations, kindreds, and tongues, or that it should be both good and evil spoken of among all people. Testimony of the Prophet Joseph Smith, front of the 2013 edition of the Book of Mormon, and Joseph Smith History, chapter 1, verse 33. Hey listeners, this is Nick from Book of Mormon Central, and today's podcast addresses the question, why could Joseph Smith testify in court at age 13? In 1833, an anti-Mormon doctor named Philastus Hulbert gathered signed affidavits from the Smith's New York neighbors, which gave negative appraisals of the Smith's. Since that time, the Smith family's reputation in their Palmyra community has been a heavily contested topic. The sources gathered by Hulbert and many others after him, though still of some historical value, are heavily tainted by later prejudices and the agendas of those collecting the statements in the first place. The Smiths themselves protested that such negative reports did not surface until after rumors of Joseph Smith Jr.'s visions began to spread. We never knew we were bad folks, Joseph's younger brother William remembered, until Joseph told his vision. Only documents from before the time when Joseph Smith's visions had become widely known can provide a reliable glimpse into how the Smiths were regarded in their community before negative rumors and gossip had sullied their reputations. Such pieces of evidence are in short supply, but some do exist. Perhaps the most compelling example comes from the legal proceedings involving members of the Smith family, including Joseph Smith Jr. from early 1819, about a year before the first vision. Incidentally, these proceedings involved a man named Jeremiah Holbert, no relation to Dr. Philastus Holbert. In March 1818, while the Smiths were still new in town, Joseph Smith Sr., with his eldest son Alvin Smith, entered into an agreement with Jeremiah Holbert for two horses, to be paid for by January 1819 with good merchant grain. In the intervening months, Joseph Sr. and his boys, including Alvin, Hiram, and Joseph Jr., worked for Holbert on his and his mother's farms. By the time January 1819 came around, there was a dispute between the Smiths and Holbert regarding how much was owed by who, to whom, for labor, services, and goods provided. To settle the dispute, Joseph Sr. filed a suit against Holbert claiming the horses were unsound and also demanding payment for the services rendered on Holbert's farm. Included in the dispute were various goods that Holbert claimed to have provided to the Smiths, for which he was demanding compensation. Both Hiram and Joseph Jr. were among the witnesses called to testify in the trial. Importantly, Joseph Jr. was only 13 years old at the time. New York law in the early 19th century required witnesses to have arrived at the years of discretion, defined as 14, in order to testify in court. So why was Joseph Smith Jr., at age 13, permitted to testify in this case? Legal historian Jeffrey N. Walker explained, New York law and local practice permitted the use of child, i.e. persons under 14, testimony, subject to the court's discretion to determine the witness's competency. The test for competency required determination that the witness was of sound mind and memory. This determination as to competency rested within the discretion of the judge. An 1829 New York Justice's Manual states that the allowance for children to be admitted to testify is to be determined by their apparent sense and understanding. 
The court may examine a child or other person of weak intellect to ascertain his capacity and the extent of his religious and other knowledge. After such examination, the matter must rest, in a great measure, in the discretion of the court. Assuming that Justice Abraham Speer followed proper procedure in the Smith's case against Holbert, Joseph Jr. must have proved himself competent, of a sound mind, good memory, strong intellect, and a moral and religious understanding beyond his years. The jury made up of 12 of the more affluent and prominent men of the area, including neighbors and relatives of Holbert, also must have been impressed by the young Joseph Jr., since all the services Joseph Jr. testified about were included in the damages awarded to the Smiths. Based on the findings of the jury, Judge Speer ruled in favor of the Smiths. The record of this trial provides a small but important glimpse into the standing of the Smith family and of Joseph Smith Jr. himself in the Palmyra community at the time before their reputations had been sullied by unfounded rumors and false accusations. Jeremiah Holbert was a member of one of the original families to settle in Palmyra, and as such was well established in the community. And yet, in a trial adjudicated by a jury of his peers, the outcome was, for all practical purposes, a victory for the Smith family. As Walker concluded, this case stands as an undisputed account of how Joseph Jr. and his family were regarded in Palmyra in 1819. The jurors, composed of the more affluent members of the community, found in favor of the Smith's claims against a much found in favor of the Smith's claims against a much more prominent family. Even more important, this same jury, in conjunction with the local justice of the peace, found the young boy Joseph Smith to be both a credible and competent witness, something that some dispute today. From this fairly recently discovered court record, now available from the Joseph Smith papers, readers today learn that barely more than a year prior to Joseph Smith's first vision, indeed during the very time he was in the midst of his wrestle over which church to join, Joseph's Palmyra neighbors regarded him as a boy with a sound mind and memory, competent character, and perhaps even one given to serious religious thought. As an eyewitness, they viewed him sympathetically, credibly, and reasonably. Others who knew Joseph most closely attested that he was honest in his childhood and was of upstanding character throughout his life. For instance, concerning the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, his brother William Smith recollected, We all had the most implicit confidence in what Joseph said. He was a truthful boy. Father and mother believed him. Why should not the children? I suppose if he had told crooked stories about other things, we might have doubted his words about the plates of the Book of Mormon. But Joseph was a truthful boy. That father and mother believed his report and suffered persecution for that belief shows that he was truthful. No, sir, we never doubted his word for one minute. All of this strongly indicates that the young boy, Joseph Smith, deserves to be regarded as an honest, sincere, and credible witness when he told people in 1820 that he had seen God the Father and Jesus Christ near his home in Palmyra, New York, along with all the other times he spoke throughout his life of that heavenly manifestation, as well as other visions and revelations he experienced and reported in the years to come. Thank you for listening. To find out more, please visit bookofmormoncentral.org and then click on Know Why.